Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 32 of the Okie Geek Podcast. I'm Michael Cross. I'm Josh Unruh. I'm Nikki Robinson. And I'm Devin Green. And our special guest is Aaron Woods with Reduction Theater. Back Hello. again. Yay. Friend of the show. Yes. Friend of the show. Hey, uh, we're going to talk about an upcoming show, just perfect time for Valentine's Day, which is the Midsummer, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. But first, I do want to get to something, because last two weeks we were talking about 2016, and the first weekend we had Nikki here. Nikki wanted to talk about Revenant. And as I was re-listening to our show, I realized that we didn't we didn't let her speak. So, uh, Nikki, what are your thoughts on Revenant that yeah, came out a couple of Yeah, I want to hear about it. Well, a lot of people really, really like it. Um, it's pretty critically acclaimed. I know that the, a lot of the actors and the film crew went through a whole lot to get that film done. But it wasn't very good. I was so disappointed with it. It felt like the freaking, like when Frodo... And Sam are walking through Mordor. I just wanted the main character to die so this movie would end. Um, These mirror my feelings on the Lord of the Rings movies. Amen. <laughs> it's like, you know what? If he would, but he, <clears throat> the guy just gets beaten up over and over and over again. And then he gets a little bit better. Then he gets beaten up, beaten up again. And something else happens. And it's just like, just die. Just give it up. I heard you don't there's have a to hold bear on. raping in it. And that was the one thing. <gasps> I know, and I feel like that was a joke that someone told me, but I was like, I'm not seeing it. There, <laughs> hey, okay. And you guys all thought I was going to be the reason for the explicit tag today. <laughs> Coming out of, there is, I know for a fact there's a bear attack and a rape, but I do not know that they are. Simultaneous? Simultaneous or in, involving the same, you know, there, the there, same party. Um, I'm going to assume the statute of limitations for spoilers are over. Yes. Um, yes, there is a bear attack and a rape scene, uh, yeah. but not a bear <laughs> Well, I, uh, to drop the ball, scriptwriters. Yeah, our friends over at uh, Wafty Podcast, the the two guys had seen that said that it was they didn't like it. They thought it was actually too over. And these aren't you know these, these aren't G rated people. They they don't mm -hmm. mind violence, but they said the violence in it is so it was over the top, really over the top that it it, it almost. He said it, the both the guys were going. He would, should be dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he should be you know, dead. Like hypothermia there is, and I mean and it, infection and like I'm a very realist science person. Like there's no way. Yeah. I mean, and he did. It's a true story. He did, but it's just like I just, like it was very very gruesome. Yeah. I guess. And but it's, it has gotten critically acclaimed, and like both no, these guys were commend, like wondering why. I commend why. them for what they went through for their art. Good for them. That's great. <laughs> I like that story better like, than the I one do, that they filmed. But yeah. um. <laughs> they had some really great actors in there. They had I can't ever remember his name, but he played in um Voyage of the Dawn Treader, the cousin. From he played that. Eustace? Yes. Oh. That kid. Was, yeah, he's grown he, up a lot. Yeah, he looks he, much different than he did in, in He does, in, but he's a really great actor. I mean, you know, uh, he was in um the the one Maze Runner. He yes. was in Maze Runner. Yes, and uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy. Great actors, but that that I don't know, it just seems so confined that they weren't really able to perform as well as they could because, like, Leonardo DiCaprio's character well, is half dying half the time. I can't perform as well time. as I'd like to when it's cold. <laughs> Again, surprising <laughs> I am not the one responsible. Uh, 
it's been a long week for everybody. I don't like movies. I am not attracted to see a movie where everyone looks really dirty and there's no hope for a shower for them. So, and I know that that's a weird thing to like take issue with, but that's the reason I don't watch Vikings. And I've heard nothing but great things about that television program. It really is awesome. Like they've never taken a shower ever and everyone's hair is gross. And I'm like, actually, Lagatha finds the time really to do her hair and makeup and Floki. Tyler, she looks amazing for a place for a place that has no showers or baths. Yeah, she oh, she incredible. pulls it all together. Yeah. yeah. So, is the fact that they just never talk about their poor hygiene in um, *Sense and Sensibility* that so they just skip it? No, when you are a gentleman's daughter, you take a bath you once a month, whether you need it or not. Exactly. Water costs a lot, exactly. you guys. Yeah. Hot water costs even more. So thank you, Nikki, for saving me from seeing The Revenant. <laughs> yes. I was almost going to go see it. Be like, you know what? It's got a lot of good buzz. I should probably just give up my cleanliness thing and go see it. <laughs> so, so any post-apocalyptic movie, you just you can't you can't bring yourself to go do it then. Yeah, but I made an exception for Fury Road, and that obviously uh, worked out in my favor. Yeah. So I mean, Z Nation. Like, I started watching Z Nation this week oh. oh my gosh i actually really like it they they are more than comfortable poking fun at this whole zombie trope mm-hmm. and so like do they shower uh not no. on screen not on screen but they're settled down you guys <laughs> they're hygienic well but, and, uh, and post-apocalyptic so tank girl the the shower scene in tank girl oh, is so yeah. amazing of course yeah. it's just more of a it's like that dust type stuff that uh-huh. you know, and the dry but, but the song shower. is playing I feel like a movie I, we, I that that's movie. a movie we need to revisit like again we, yeah we, there was something Lori yeah, Petty not, yeah. not our show but we did it at home like a couple tank months girl was ago fantastic. And, uh, it's awesome it's a gr- and I did I watched it just like only about a few months ago yeah, and went it was on Netflix this is still good it's awesome yeah I was it was just what was it was like ninety two yeah it was mid nineties. Yeah, based off of the comic book huh. series. Apparently, half the Spice Girls met auditioning for Jet Girl. That's the story. Oh, really? Yeah, because that was. I know a lot about the Spice Girls. That's never been brought up here, but we could I don't talk. Think about we've it. ever talked about I, the Spice Girls. Do you yeah, really? we should have our own show. Who's your favorite? Um, I love ginger. No ginger. Okay, posh. Ging- well, yeah, posh is g- me. ginger spices. No, uh, no is... Spice Girls for Nikki. No, no, I was a uh, ginger spice. I had a major segregated. crush on ginger spice. Nikki is now. younger than Devin and I. I'm gonna say right. that right True. now. Yeah, so I, I have a young face. A <laughs> well, you just missed. I mean, there's just certain. It's, I'm almost listen. thirty. <laughs> almost thirty. Oh my god. <laughs> BT Dubs, I also love the Spice Girls and totally own Spice World. <laughs> yes, me Amen, too, really. brother. Of course. Well, then Who's your favorite? It I'm was just given leaving to me now, as a gift. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So was mine, actually. But little, yeah. Who's your favorite? What do you mean by favorite? Spice your favorite Spice Girl. I'm a boy, a so this means Spice different Girl? things. Do you have a favorite That's Spice why Girl, Ginger Joshua? Spice was my favorite. Posh. Well, yeah. Dude, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And Posh and Beck. Team Posh and Beck's forever. <laughs> Sorry, I don't, I don't really care about that guy. Side of Devin, oh my I'm god, so are you excited? He's like, why do I care spice? about that guy? Because he's the male Spice Girl. I don't watch American sports. No, 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 no. You're missing the point here. <laughs> he's, no. he's British royalty, he's and they already have for royalty posh spices. So it's a brain trust. Isn't okay, posh, if I have to hang out with him to hang spice? out with Posh, I'll They're do it. They're both lovely. Who? Sporty Spice isn't that the one who's with Beckham? I thought no, that's Posh. Who's Sporty? That's it. You're out of the show. It's You're me. out of the inevitable Melanie Spice Girl the show. The club. <laughs> you can come over here with me, Michael. Yeah, I just it, anyway. Yeah, no posh. It's, it, I can't, well, that was I can't tell you what I run, what I really, really want. <laughs> you got to get with my friends, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Which is awkward <laughs> and weird crap. if you think about it. Yes. Okay. 
Um, okay. Uh, I took it so, as an invitation. So Rem- now, well, let, let's let's bring it up to Aaron. Is there anything you're looking forward to coming up in the 2016 television movies? Ghostbusters. High five. And I think this is the thing. This is my feminist side of me talking, but I feel like there's so many. There's so many for women. I mean, obviously, with Star Wars, we could, and I've heard you guys talk about it. And by the way, your insights on the uh, Nerdy Ninth episode are fantastic. <laughs> oh, you're I was so like, sweet. you guys are like, anyway, it's so good to 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 hear those kinds of perspectives on on the movie. But I feel like women are now at the forefront of a lot of things and a lot of action and action comedy. I feel like is the final horizon for us. I feel like when we can be Ghostbusters, we can maybe be president as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's. And I don't know. I don't know why it hit me that way. Like nothing has struck. Like I was all about Ray. I was like, yeah, there's a woman here, and I'm so excited. And da 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 da. But when I heard that there were gonna be girl Ghostbusters, I don't know what happened to my heart, but it just You're like right. went. Action comedy. It's, it's gonna be the best. Isn't it, I don't. I can't. I did, whereas Ray has been been an action. A female action star is not unusual. Yeah, Hunger uh, Games. Right. I mean, there's so many things that but have happened in the past ten years. Right. Action comedy. I don't. But make it funny. I can't think of and any. It's weird. Like I'm not and. saying it's weird. It's a thing. We're being pretty and funny and feminine and and active are not. Because yeah, there's been there's, more, not there's been women. They're in scientists, or at oh, least yeah. or at least some portion of them. I mean, I've yeah. I've kind of been trying to avoid. As much information I don't know. as I can. Vankman and I think is it going scientists. to be Vankman and and or is it just going no. to be brand new characters? Yeah, total? it's it's I, brand new characters. I'm okay. not even entirely sure that it's connected to the like. I, I think originally it was supposed to be a full on reboot, right. Because they couldn't get any of the other guys interested or to care. And right. now Two I think I think they kind of care. So I don't know exactly what's going on there, but yeah, somebody's got to build that equipment inside that fiction mm-hmm. so somebody possibly somewhere between one and four of them are going to be funny female action-oriented scientists sure and that's which is i think my was, brain i can't exploded. imagine another situation where that where that would happen yeah and any iteration of ghostbusters in the comics and in uh animated series have still been uh, even though it might not be the original four, sometimes they've split off and it, they are still science. There's a basis of science yeah. mm-hmm. in it. So I think even if these are brand new characters, I mean, definitely doing their own thing. air quote science. Right. But it's still, in theory, these are scientists. Well, yeah. Egon was a, I mean, was a scientist. Yeah. You know, they um, all were. They, they all, all had were. doctorates. They were, yeah. they were all PhDs. Vinkman had, what did he list? He was like, parent. Like I have things a I'd PhD never... in parapsychology and psychology. And psychology, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, even in like, even not right then at the time, but I wasn't very much older, uh-huh. and I was like, I don't think you can actually get PhDs in parapsychology. <laughs> I don't think you can get a PhD in parapsychology. I don't think yeah. that's actually a thing. But. Yeah. But it, so it, it's got Melissa McCarthy, <clears throat> and does and who else is in there? Kristen Wiig. Is it Kristen mm-hmm. Wiig? Okay, um, I didn't want to say that. Oh, but. I forget. Leslie, what's her name from Saturday Night Live? She's just like a tornado of energy. I can't wait to see what she's like uh, in a film uh, yeah. like that. And that's why I say you've got Kristen Wiig who's done comedy before and she is a, a yeah. great comedic actor. But she's, the idea of putting her in something that is, that is more action oriented as well. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's something, it's a, I it's a new like step. Solid pick. It, as much solid as, pick. as much, I like Bridesmaids. It wasn't like my favorite movie, but I feel like for some reason the world stood up and went, I guess women can be funny. Yeah. And I was like, 
Did you not know that? Is I that, know. Is this is a this thing you that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly how I felt about Bridesmaids as well. I was like, I, there's funny moments in it, and I think, okay, there's also moments where I go, okay, you've, you're going way too far. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, know like, like comedy. Yeah. Well, sometimes, <laughs> I, I, sometimes comedy is not like that. Um, there's been, uh, Melissa McCarthy has a few comedies out there that don't go that far, and they're still very, very funny. So mm-hmm. um, I really like her, and I like what she's been able to do. Uh, my wife absolutely loves her. She's Tammy, she loves Tammy. Oh you yeah, Tammy. No, I haven't. I haven't seen Tammy, and I haven't. Awful, I haven't seen it. Spy as well, and I haven't seen Sister. And Spy is and, supposed to be one of her yeah. best. Yeah, and it just came. And I haven't seen the it either. ratings on Rotten Tomatoes for Spy is astounding. It's yeah. like Fury Road levels, and I'm like, really? People it loved it that, that much? Okay. That's okay. when you can actually. That's note. when you can actually use Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. When it is incredibly high or incredibly low, yeah. but literally anything between thirty percent like and eighty percent, it's like, like crapshoot. Yeah, you'll either like it or you don't because uh, it's, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. but yeah really high or yeah of course or Fantastic Four low yeah <laughs> Star Wars or Fantastic Four <laughs> I'm really excited for it because Jane my daughter uh, we went to that convention Amazing, amazing Comic Con, yeah. and she and got to had, meet yes. the Ghostbusters, and she is totally sold on being a Ghostbuster. She got a Ghostbuster costume for Christmas. She, my dad put these LEDs and stuff in a, in a gun so she can catch ghosts, and she has a little trap she can throw out and everything. So I'm so excited. I really hope that it's able. I don't know what the rating's going to be, but I hope it's something I can take her to go see. Oh yeah, gotcha. How old is she? She's she'll be eight. Around that time. You're fine. That's She's how old that I was angel. when my mother shouldn't have taken me to Ghostbusters, but did anyway. That's right. I was about eight. Yeah, I was about seven or eight when I went to see. In fact, I wanted to see Gremlins, and my mom said, we're not oh, going to see that. Yeah, see but I will take you to Although Ghostbusters. Although that was also pushed towards children as that, well. It that's shouldn't have been. right. Yes, uh, my mom's was. like, Ghostbusters has monsters show. too. And I was like, not enough. And I was mad. And then I love Ghostbusters, of course. Yeah. And, and then he, I still haven't seen all of Gremlins. I really <laughs> I realized going to the 30th anniversary thing that we took, I mean, Elijah had seen, my son had seen it a million times at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was taking him to the theater to see the 30th anniversary thing, I was like tweeting something about, hey, mom, look, I'm also <laughs> taking my eight-year-old to a completely inappropriate <laughs> film, just like you did. Yeah, and, 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 and watching Ghostbusters, there's like scenes that you go, Oh, oh, that is oh. not. Oh, that is <laughs> oh, the, the, the scene with Dan Aykroyd in the bed. It's like, oh no, you should not be showing um, that. Apparently, to you should see the rest of that cut, like the rest oh, of the a, scene. There's yeah. more to that. There's yeah. a famous deleted no, scene. Apparently, that dream sequence went on for like 15 or 20 minutes. <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah. Oh my. I know. I know. Really? All, I know all the Ghostbusters things. I love Winston. I love, I love, I hope that that sort of element of the every man, the working man is, is or, or the working person See, is brought into the female. See, I think that's going to be the, the Melissa McCarthy character. I you, think that's going to so? be, yeah, because that typically I think she's. In. I think she's a Dan Aykroyd, that's my guess. But maybe there isn't those parallels. Maybe they aren't. I don't know. I think they probably will try to, do, although they won't have the names, mm-hmm. because I don't think they want to go to a, like an alternate universe Ghostbusters type thing. I think there are going to be those tropes. Just to have, just so that there's some familiarity. To, yeah, to have some connection. Yeah. Like, so I think there will like, be that every time. Like uh, Force Awakens was so derivative, and yet yeah. we love that. Yeah. We love Which it. Which had to be. It had to be because it was bringing us back good. into the, the exactly. universe. And I, I, a lot of people have criticized it, but it's like that is what made it great. Was yeah. Yeah, You guys we, had to prove that we weren't going to do the last thing that we did. Yes. Yeah. That's all. 
Yeah. Th- thank you for proving. It. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Although Ghostbusters kind of has that too, because the less we talk about Ghostbusters two, the better. In fact, I don't even know what I'm, I'm saying sorry, right there's now. A, there's, a, there's a Ghostbusters. <laughs> I have on? no idea what you're talking about. Listen, you need to revisit that. It's not as bad as you remember it. Um, Aaron, oh, really? I have revisited it, and it is worse than I remember Wait, it. Ghostbusters 2? Okay, okay, listen. You can, you can just okay. bring a baby into it, and it's going to be better, whatever. Okay. It may not be it as It did bad. have Peter McNichol Nothing. In it. Oh, yeah. Nothing. It had the biscuit, so. It may not be the worst thing, but nothing has fallen as far. From Ghostbusters 1 to Ghostbusters 2. So maybe... um, What? There's a lot of sequels that are worse than Ghostbusters 2. But but their first ones weren't this amazing, and the second ones were this crap. Like, they were just like... I sat through the 1970s La Cajafo 2, and I disagree. I have that as an example. It's an obscure example, but very obscure. I'm I'm laughing right here. I just uh, La Cajafo was a beloved French film. Yes, we all became the Birdcage. Yes, eventually became the Birdcage, and then but it was such a popular French movie they made a sequel of it, and I sat through it, and it was um, it was horrifying. Oh, you know what? There's a Magnificent (laughs) Seven. Sequel. Is so really? fair enough. Two. There yeah. are two. Yes. Is it Magnificent Return? Eight and Nine? No, it's like re- the Oceans movie. No, because because they weren't that clever then. It's uh, Return of the Magnificent Seven and then Last Ride of the yeah. something like that. Yeah. And then yeah. there, I still still say Raiders and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. No, is, is Temple really... of Doom's the best one. No. Yes. No. Oh, yes. Wow. It is objectively the best one. <laughs> We're not, no. we're not being objective here about Indiana Jones. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, There's no time for love. I, I have so, no objectivity. Best, to Indiana Jones. Uh, uh, best sidekick. Uh, no. Short round is the best sidekick. Short uh, round is the best sidekick. Best villain. Kalima. Because, because yeah. you think okay. because you think the Nazi guy is the villain, but he's not. But it's he's Belloc, not. and Belloc could have been a more interesting villain, but he just isn't. Okay. Uh, pacing is 1,000% better than Raiders. Raiders has literally 30 minutes in the middle that could just go away, and it would make the entire, the entire movie film could actually better. That's a lovely portion, though. I love that. It's the, where the scenery and the music is, I think. <laughs> like I said, I, I as, can't. As I just, said. I'm just looking at you going, no, no. But then again, Sorry. I wouldn't gotten okay. an anthropology degree. Okay, then I gotta, say, I gotta say Police Academy oh, and did. Police Academy 2. <laughs> I, we're, I, don't I don't even know, know what's happening now. Oh. Police Academy Five. So, so I get French hipstered. <laughs> yeah. And then you're just now you're just making fun no, of me right. with this Police Academy. In the, in the meantime, you backed up your argument. But the I thing know. is, is the more it's you love, the more. See, I didn't. Lakajafo Two was very bad, but I will say this: I didn't have a relationship with Lakajafo One. I just knew it was a beloved movie and had seen it and liked it. So it's one of those things that you love Ghostbusters. You were like. You couldn't. I was a kid, and the Bobby Brown song was all over my face. I love that freaking song. Yeah. Now I'm embarrassed, but I will admit it to own it. The podcast listeners. Um. And and but then you saw the movie, and you're like, no, this is not very good. It's 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 almost the buildup for the prequels, but a little less than that. So yeah, it is it is a bit, but I don't know. But he is vegan. That's all Eagle, I got. Yes. They I got. didn't. They had. I love Peter McNichol in just about yes. anything I've ever seen him in. But even he couldn't save Ghostbusters too. And especially you had an entire. You still had your Dan Aykroyd and, <laughs> I was about and to say, Bill Murray. And, the Ghostbusters yeah. couldn't save. Couldn't Ghostbusters save Ghostbusters too. Yeah. too. And it I'm was sorry, Nikki. really, really bad. I guess I was just too young because I I was probably like eight. Or nine Have you seen it recently? It. No. Don't uh, do it. 
Just leave it. It's a golden age. Just sometimes you're better. It's not as bad as it's not as bad as you remember. Don't listen to her. <laughs> She'll just French hipster you if you have <laughs> if you have differing opinions. <laughs> okay, and also coming out this next weekend mm-hmm. is Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I brought my copy. Okay. That. Yeah, and, I'm holding oh, it for so the listeners. <laughs> It looks fabulous. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a copy of the book, and I haven't actually, I was trying to read parts of it last night. I haven't read it since uh, when it came out. I believe in mm-hmm. 2009 was when I got my copy. Me too. Um, Didn't they have a, uh, like an exclusive cover where it would look like a normal picture? The and then yeah. Turn it, yes. and it yeah. Like yeah. I remember was that. Was that, that was a lenticular delightful. cover? Yes. Fantastic. Is that what that's called? A lenticular? Lenticular. Lenticular. That's the 90s comic book buyer knowledge coming out right yeah, there. Yeah, that's awesome. It's one of the changes I, I as, was as a you move seller. Yeah, yeah. You, I didn't know that. That's awesome. I'm yes. doing hand movements like somebody <laughs> could see me. You know, edition. like this, like this. listeners. <laughs> that kind of show um, today. I went through, I and I haven't done this in a while because I've read, I read, I read Pride and Prejudice once every two or three years. So this is like, this is my travel copy. So it's a little beat up. And I, I basically started reading chapter for chapter to nice. see how they differed and what they went into. The, the Pride and Prejudice goes into a lot more depth because uh, of story. Um, but it's so interesting that who, that, this was written, obviously somebody just sort of brought up an e-copy of, Pride and Prejudice on their computer and just started, you know, adding little moments here and like, you know, deleting this small scene and adding a zombie thing. So it was kind of a fascinating way uh, that, that that it was, I mean, that I'm assuming it was written by how it reads side by side with Pride and Prejudice. So I think, I think it's, it, I think it'll make for an interesting film, but I have no idea. Now, have you seen the trailers? I've seen a few of them, okay. yeah. And I follow all the things on Twitter and they seem to be sending out like <clears throat> trailers like every few seconds. Yeah, they do. So right, yes. <laughs> I'm like, I yeah. can't keep up with all of them, but I yeah. like watching them. Now, because that was the thing was I, the way you had explained it a, a few weeks ago was that it was basically Pride and Prejudice and zombies were kind of just the thing that was happening within, but that's not how the trailers read to me. The trailers read to me that is an all out epidemic and it's, it's, yeah. So I, I'm kind of, well, the trailers are focusing on the zombies, right? <laughs> portion of Pride and Prejudice and zombies. Well, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. I suspect I, that there are the because you haven't seen all 900 of the trailers yes. or whatever. Yeah, if yeah. I were betting, there's probably some that shift the focus a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So it's like show this one to your girlfriend or wife. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like they're doing with Deadpool. Like they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> It's the perfect it feels Valentine's like a much Day. Sig- more significant bait and switch, you know. Deadpool, I, I haven't seen the the restricted trailer or whatever. Oh, the for, red, red, oh, neither have I. The commercials that they're showing on TV do not interest me. It is so inappropriate. <laughs> is it? Because <laughs> it's Deadpool. And, yep. and really, really inappropriate. Ryan Reynolds really appeals to me on so many levels, and it looks hilarious. At some oh, point, at some point I'm going to see it, because I, I do want to get together a podcast of people just going to see movies and talking about each individual movie. I do want to have that. So, and the first one to come up would be Deadpool. Uh, oh, but cool. but it would have to be uh, spoiler uh, allowed. Yeah, I, I'm not going to have a whole, yeah, I'm not going to have laden. one of those things. We are where, not going to censor ourselves. No. So, um, but, but Deadpool's one of them that, that I would like to talk about because, I, and I just don't know when, sometime, I think some afternoon I'm going to get off work. 
I'll go see it by myself. <laughs> right. Every time I see a Deadpool trailer, I want to watch Van Wilder more. So, <laughs> not Blade Three. Never seen Van Wilder. Not Blade Trinity. Not not so much. No. I like Blade Trinity. I freaking love that movie. I think it's great. I movie. will totally back. It I up. actually it think. I wait, wait, wait! Is that the one with Parker Posey? Yeah. yeah. I take it back. It's brilliant. Right. Okay. <laughs> I the, take the, it all back. The, the Blade it is the best of the Blade franchise. That's sure. And Absolutely. Yet, I actually think the Blade trilogy was well done. I enjoyed all three of the movies. I don't I think there was. I hated the second one, but I. But it's because it's gross. Well, like. Gross. Wait, is that the one that starts with the blood rave? No, that's the first one. Hell, I Tracy don't Lawrence. Know. Tracy Lord's Blood Rage. No, the, the, the second one's with the, the younger again, guy like, who is trying ago. to take over. <laughs> I thought Blood Rave was in um, Queen of the Damned. I get all of those confused. Also, okay, Stephen yeah, Dorff. Except, except Queen of the Damned. <laughs> the best review that I've ever heard for Queen of the Damned was when a friend of mine came out of the movie and was like, more like Queen of the Damned if I know what's going on. <laughs> Yes. I was like nailed it yeah. and, and, and the Anne Rice movies uh, books I loved and I mm-hmm. the Queen Van was like this is not they don't work not, out no, <laughs> no that's no. a really nice diplomatic and I, yeah. I, I no I, I was very disappointed with that wasn't that the one where they went down to Louisiana no no wait that was True Blood um, wasn't that the one where they, I'm sorry you could just come, <laughs> keep coming up with every vampire trope the, the, but I, I think if I remember correctly the second one I, it wasn't great compared to the first Blade. and the third one yeah Blade 2 okay. But I didn't seem to dis- too disappointed in it, so I've... I think somewhere in the back of my brain I have the director's name, but I want to say it's the guy that did the City of Lost Children, the creators. Oh, really? They took a really different direction in Blade Two, and it's really gross. Ah, okay. And that is my problem with like I I need to, I need to go back and revisit it, but I won't. Yeah, because well, I just can't. At some point, I'd like to go back and see the, the movies. But, but the first one just... and the third one, first it's... one's great for Stephen Dorff and um, Tracy Lords is in it. Mm-hmm. And um, then the third one is just kind of brings it all together. And there's That's this humor. Right. There's this Tracy humor. Lord. Tracy Lords. Yeah, She's yeah, yeah. the one who lures You're the guy right. to the blood rape. And then it all comes back to me. now. Yeah. And then Dorf is the eat the arch. <laughs> I'm going to take over, you yes. know, rebel bad boy. Yeah. Um, before he Nikki, started slinging That's, that's totally the most unfortunate name for one of the most attractive men ever. Yeah. No kidding. Right. Dorf. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he has a cool name in the movie. It's Bishop. Is it? It's it's some religious figure. Deacon. Yeah, I was going to say, Bishop yeah, is the uh, android from oh, Aliens 2. I know, too. I know. They could have just stolen that. <laughs> Nobody would have. But yeah, and then the third one has this humor of, it has humor and love, you know, there's levity. There's a balance to Blades. And then of Chris Christopherson? Taciturn. Yes, they all do. <laughs> they all do in You guys need to do like a Blade I'm movie sorry, I'm really I'd have to, I have to rewatch them. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a Blade movie. Me neither. Me neither. They they are actually, so if you like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they are sort of the Mm prehistory. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, he's a a Marvel character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, they, They didn't have any grandiose plans yet, but the idea that, hey, these characters that nobody actually knows about, if we... If we throw a little money in writing at them, <laughs> yeah. I think I think we got something. Yeah, it's kind of you can see that happening wow. in Blade, and that yeah. was that was, that was like still like late nineties. Oh yeah, yeah. David yeah. Goyer so before they, he lost all so his joy. It was right. It was right before the X Men slash Spider Man. Uh-huh. Blade Three is like two thousand seven. No. no, am I wrong? I find that hard to believe. If that's right, it is. We all have. If that's right, if that's right, that kind of brings it down a couple notches. Yeah, it would. I I thought it was. Wait, wait, wait. Is that the one where they had to outrun light? What? Yeah, there's one of the Blade movies. 
Where there's a light bomb? There's a light, maybe. Oh, oh, well, there's yes. a light bomb. Okay, yes. yeah, that's terrible. Like <laughs> that, that part is actually terrible. Are you talking about, like, oh, Blade Trinity a, was 2004. Yeah, 2004. So it was, it was even after off. the Spider-Man movies. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you know. But no, they're 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 fun, and I, I, I apparently love them quite this a bit. This is a weird tangent. It, it really is. Weird, but I, <laughs> we're talking about really strong Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile... <laughs> So let's go back to Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. We don't have to. What? Now, okay, so so the I, but the idea is that it is still Pride and Prejudice, the story mm-hmm. by Jane Austen. Yeah, but there are zombies. Yes, and I think that the book cap has a has a very specific idea, which is it, which is literally lifting Pride and Prejudice and just then just like throwing zombies at the text. Um, the film, I think, because it'll be cut for time, mm-hmm. because obviously to do. Um, Pride and Prejudice has been done in many forms, but people have really for years tried to cram it into that two-hour experience. And you have to cut characters, and you have to cut a lot of things, obviously. Same thing with Shakespeare. That's I like, exactly. why I typically don't like Shakespeare in movies. I like the fi- I personally like the five-hour uh, Colin Firth BBC 1995 Pride and Prejudice. So if anyone has that on DVD, it, five hours flies by. I'm not kidding. Um but that has a more of, of time. It, it, it also has to cut things too. But it all, but it it breathes so much more and is so much more like experiencing the novel truly. Um, so what I'm thinking is the two-hour movie experience of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is going to be very zombie heavy, mm-hmm. and you're going to lose a ton of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, <laughs> so I think it'll. To, yeah. I think it'll just be like a an English Regency era zombie fest. I yeah. think is what it's going to be. And I think now that I'm sounds like it could be fun. Romance. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. But I'm also kind of excited about the inevitable, like, director's cut DVD <laughs> or Blu-ray or whatever. Oh, like, like that, they show that. Elizabeth at the piano forge playing at the party mm-hmm. that they had to cut because, you know, they just showed that for a moment and then zombies came in or something. Yeah. You know, like that that kind of thing. The extended You might get are... a little more of the, the novel experience exactly. of. Hmm. And, and who knows? It may be five hours long. No Colin Firth, though. No. no Colin. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. What I, I know. find I very interesting is they're really changing up Valentine's Day movies. <laughs> like, God. what's coming out for Valentine's? It's not romance no. at all. <laughs> no, I, I do see commercials for romance. It's just, I don't think it plays to our geeky crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw my it's husband and I were watching TV, and there, there was a commercial about, like, where there was a country guy going, like, hitting on a girl, and she rebuffed him, and then they fell in love, and then she got into a car accident, and then that's a movie that's coming out. And I'm like, okay, well, that's for, like, the norms. I saw, like, that. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. It's for the muggles. It's for the muggles. Hulu the was muggles. injecting that commercial yeah. Into my Flash and Legends of Tomorrow experience, and I was like, "What? I don't, I don't know you're if they're not. getting do their people, money's worth." Do people really? <laughs> you're not, you're I thought not it was a joke. One. I thought it was literally. I thought it was going to be like turn into something like different, like because it was so. It's cheesy. It yeah. was so cheesy. Where's it's, the geeky twist that we're yeah. used to? Exactly, yes. and it didn't. And then, and then I think it, it had to have been Hulu because I saw it again, and I was like, "No, this is a real thing." And <laughs> and, my, and my husband was like. This looks horrifying. And I'm like, <laughs> this is, I, I said, had, what if I was the kind of girl that like expected this at Valentine's? That was like, okay, honey, we're gonna go see this country movie about you know, lo, you know, tragic terrible. love story or something no, like. And he was like, sure, I guess, you know, like I don't know. It's no of great. Course, wasn't it? You can sl- you can sneak a fifth of anything into a movie theater and then 
every movie that you wouldn't normally be interested in sorts itself right out. I think I tweeted about how much I was really enjoying Tower Heist last week, and it was because I had had a bunch of wine. And I was like, this is not as bad as I thought it was. Alan Alda is fantastic. Like, this was so good. And that this is a movie that was largely forgotten by everybody. Yeah, it, I like, saw that one. It was like a movie that came out that was kind of like Ocean's Eleven, but not really at all. And so everyone, it was such a weird movie. But I was watching it going, this is fantastic. I don't know why. No. No one talks about this. <laughs> and then later, Cause, cause I was like. they don't serve enough wine at the movie theater. <laughs> exactly. Later, as the wine was empty, and I was like, oh, yeah, that wasn't as good as I thought it was, probably. Just add booze is That's my right. approach yeah. to all uh, movies that I don't really want to go to, but have to for some reason. By the way, legislation coming up in the new legislative session might have for beer, alcohol, and wine at theaters. That would well, be really Yeah. I feel so like this is a like natural a country. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Um, anyway, just let I, you know I had the that. same so reaction to the romantic country and western commercial slipped into that stuff that I also have for the inevitable emodium commercial where the woman is standing before a wall of nine million emodiums or what, and I was like, same reaction. Like, why are <laughs> why are you putting this in the middle of Flash? Like, what are you trying it's to tell? Tasteful. Why? Yeah. I don't. It's it's the marketer in me is like, I feel like somebody's. <laughs> getting cheated like it might be me but it, but it also might be the people advertising things yeah because they're not getting their money's worth maybe it's all of us do you think that hulu used to have more of a i feel like when when i used to watch stuff online with hulu i don't do that anymore i watch it like on apple tv or something yeah but well, you used to be able to go i don't like this commercial and they would never show you that commercial uh, again and they would show you something i felt like it was a little more appropriate or whatever they, like they did but then i just time. i just got the hulu without commercials well, that's and the now smartest thing you know, to do. Right. Really, Michael. Now, now I don't even worry thing. about that. Uh, I, I do. actually really appreciate the uh, a, a controlled number of commercials because I do still require make a sandwich and bathroom breaks. Yes, but that's, <laughs> that's the pause button. No, that's <laughs> listen. These breaks are built into the yeah. thing. Yeah, it's, well, you can pause it's them during the, the breaks. Television no. experience. There's, there's obvious. You know where the commercials. What I was going to say though was was when we're talking about Valentine's movies. Wasn't it last year that the Valentine's movie, the big Valentine's mm-hmm. movie of the year, was Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. right. So yeah, you so talk about real, real weird different. And I was, I was saying Day. that to somebody the other day. People were horrified because it, for Reduction Theater this year's Midsummer Night Stream, which is a real traditional Valentine's yeah. uh, romantic comedy. Um, but last year we did Les Liaisons Dangerous. Yeah, mm. and, and it was, and I thought it was a great Valentine's show, but the, the actors in the show were like horrified. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh God, this does come out of Valentine's Day. And I'm like, yeah, I plan that the season the that way. <laughs> and they were horrified by it because they felt like it in no way was romantic. And I'm, less, I'm like, Fifty Shades of Grey is coming out this mm-hmm. year. And I know that that officially is some kind of love story. I'm not t- too familiar with it. I know the buzz, but I don't Count. know th- anything else. Um, it's Twilight fan fiction. It is, worse. yes. And I do know that. I was like, ooh. Um, but, the, but the idea of that kind of a love story, I was like, this is going to play right into the yeah. those people, you know. And, and all I remember all the girls went to see Fifty Shades of Grey in the cast. And I was like, no, thank you. Still <laughs> have not seen that. What did I they have think? no interest in seeing they, they all had the same reaction, which I thought was fascinating. They're like, I didn't think I would like it. I thought it would be cheesy and funny and we would just giggle or whatever. 
but they're all like, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Oh dear. They Weird. all had that reaction. So some, I, and I've never been inclined to see it. Did I've they never... also take wine? <laughs> <laughs> Did they go? They, they may have. Are they doing <laughs> shots? They may have, yeah. See, I, my, my visceral reaction to it is to the text and it's the writing. Oh yeah, the writing. Oh, I've writing heard is so bad. I, I couldn't get past the first page. Well, you guys are all writers. So I mean, that's, and I am too. That so does, I mean, like, not we're not gonna, we're, we're not, not gonna be turned on by anything that. that's like, the. I don't know. Who, yeah. I don't want to make any judgments or craziness about because oh, somebody out there is going. I really like Fifty Shades of Grey, and I, you know, so whatever. Check your I life am choices. All about own yeah, what right. you like and Listen, like what you like. But... I have been binge watching Two Broke Girls, so right, I, I, like that is a fun show to me. But it's totally, it's got flaws all over the place, and it is not something I ever thought I would like. And so I'm not going to judge anyone. Right. No, that's yeah, that's fair. Oh, yeah. It's only when uh, uh, this is me and Flash Gordon. Like I love Flash Gordon, but I don't try and convince anybody that it's actually good there you right. go right it's yeah you just I try like, to convince everybody that temple of doom is the best indiana, indiana jones, jones movie but right. that's okay because i'm right <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm trying to save you people from yourselves i'm just saying i would like to point out sit down and watch i would like to point out that dangerous liaisons is another story i'm only familiar with because of mid-90s movies yes <laughs> Well, I, it's, oh, that's, that's awesome. right. Because of cr- I've never seen Cruel Intentions, but it is. No, no. The, the, but also, it, there's a dangerous. That's where I found. Nope. I'm talking from. about Cruel Intentions. Cruel Intentions. Uh, I'm like, here's my Joshua. I, I, the coolest. Cruel Listen. The part. The part of Cruel Intentions that I saw, which I thought was fascinating, was a part of that movie that was taken from the book Dangerous Liaisons, and not the John Malkovich. Mm-hmm, uh, Glenn mm-hmm. Close, Michelle Pfeiffer, nineteen like eighty-eight, eighty-seven movie. That's where I first fell in love with Uma yeah, Thurman. But cruel, yeah. so Cruel Intentions actually followed, actually like wrote their script from the novel, which I thought was fascinating. <laughs> I was like that. I have to, and I, I now that's been on my list of like have to sees, but I, I just have never made time to see Cruel Intentions. <laughs> I never have either. Wasn't that the wasn't the modernization of it? Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. Okay. yeah. With okay. It was. It. It is. I probably the... haven't seen it since it was new. <laughs> since it's in the theater. I would totally watch that again. We should watch we it. We should with with booze. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, but in case, like, yeah. emergency booze, because it might not need it. But you could also be like halfway through Act One, be like, "Oh, I'm gonna need something to drink, you guys." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. 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 What was fascinating last year? Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's Reese Witherspoon and Sarah Michelle Gellar. And yeah. Um, oh yeah, oh that's right. Ryan Philippe, and I am forgetting somebody because I can never remember Selma... her name. Uh, Blair? Blair? Selma Blair. Yes, Selma Blair. Yeah, oh, boy. Yeah. I'm cheating. I've got IMDb. Oh, here. and nice. and Suzy Kurtz is in it. She plays <gasps> Selma Blair's mother. Uh, that's oh, the right. scene I saw. So, and and Suzy Kurtz is in the 1987 film version of it. So what we did at Reduction Theater was we did the play Liaisons Dangerous, which is based on the novel from 1720 something, and um, but the movie from 1987 is based on that play. Uh, which, by the way, was Alan Rickman's big first yes. like role in Britain. Oh, I'd forgotten. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Speaking of mm-hmm. our Rickman, sadness yeah. of oh. the beginning oh, yeah. of 2000. Uh, 16, we but miss she, you, Snape. Yeah, but uh, so so that's sort of a fascinating parallel. But I was sort of just I was just jazzed as all get out that the one scene I've seen in Cruel Intentions had Swizzy Kurtz in it mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh-huh. had a portion of like of the story that's not in the famous play that is the archetype of that story, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. somebody read the novel. Some, yeah, somebody went back to the original <laughs> canon and went and can wrote that teen craziness whatever it is it, it is teen craziness <laughs> uh from from this 
1720s novel, which is just, I think it's fascinating. It's mm -hmm. just, it's, and all it is, is it, it's Gossip Girl. It's school for, yeah. it's scandal. It was like the first scandalous things that were talked about in in France. And that was the the basis of this novel was it was like scandal people doing scandalous and things and hateful stuff. Yes. Yeah. And they were all keeping these sterling reputations mm -hmm. and yet they were doing these dastardly Deplorable things and like things, yeah. plotting to like literally kill people mm -hmm. or just take them completely down. And it was it's such a, it's a I remember really story. liking it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, yeah. again, it's kind of made in the lab for me. Exactly. But yeah. I yeah. remember really liking and yet, it. And yet it's like it's got sex. It's got discussions of real love. And so I put it as a Valentine's Day sure. show. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we're going to do this. Okay. I'm gonna, there's all kinds of bows to tie on this because there's a Cruel Intentions too. No. What? Which I'm reasonably sure does not reach the heights to which the first one It climbed. wasn't based on the novel. I find <laughs> it. Liaisons too. <laughs> the lecture Piggly. So, so here's the saddest thing. It is. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo, yes. Yeah. Not available to stream any or purchase digitally. Like, um, I'm going to have to go track down a DVD yeah. or possibly VHS. Or a video disc. One of those big, huge video discs. Oh, the laser disc. It's fantastic. Okay, so I want to wow. get to okay. this year's... Oh, my God. There's okay. a Cruel Intentions 3. Oh. <laughs> Josh's mind is I just feel like, blown. Like a Friday night is blade the blade movies, <laughs> yes. right? Oh, amen. And then Saturday night is just all the cruel intention movies. And I feel like And then Sunday's recovering from the hangover. Yeah. 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 Sunday's like, ugh, I drank While too I much of the weekend. It would be the weirdest marathon ever. <laughs> I've never I have never wanted anything best. more than I want this right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. So talking about <laughs> switching gears to why I'm here. The Valentine's Day. Now, you talked about mid doing the Midsummer Night's Dreams. Mm -hmm. What's the dates first? Um, well, I've got them on. The, remember the last time I was here and I didn't know my dates, so you had to show me a sheet of them? Um, yeah. So I've got <laughs> them I'd actually printed it off, but I don't have that now. So <laughs> It's February 12th through the 27th. It's in Oklahoma City at the uh, uh, Civic Center here in downtown Oklahoma City. And we've got dates. It's mo uh, all Friday and Saturdays between the 12th and the 27th. But we do have some Thursday nights. and We've got some Sunday matinees. You, did you say you're already sold out? We are sold out for Saturday, February 13th. That's the big Valentine's date night. We're almost sold out for Valentine's Day, which is a Sunday. Is we have a matinee, matinee that day. What um, time? It's a 2 o'clock matinee. Ooh. Yeah, so we're almost sold out for that. If you want your tickets, I would say go to Mike, our website. Michael would like you to set a couple aside. Yeah, I would actually. We can do that, yeah. Okay, because because actually we, we were trying. I was just talking to about the fact that we were going to go see Pretty in Pink. Uh, it's going to show at Quail Springs. Oh, cool! But the tickets are like fifteen dollars each. What? And I'm like, for a matinee for a movie that's twenty, thirty years old, what yeah. am I getting for that fifteen dollars? Apparently just tickets for them, you know, I expected a little bit more, but you know, okay. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah. So, a fancy candy? So set me aside two tickets. Yes, I can okay. do that. Yeah. I'll do that for you. Um, yeah, at least give me a chocolate or something. Jeez. <laughs> I, I I'm a huge, you know, Midsummer Night's Dream was yeah, yeah. one of my first plays that I ever did uh, with Shakespeare in the Park. Oh, fun. Uh, I, I was Lysander back in the oh, 90s, in 1990. Uh -huh. And we did ours kind of a postmodern, uh -huh. okay. Are you guys doing anything special with Midsummer's that because a lot of in, yes. with any Shakespeare most yeah. people it's not usually current. We we all in fact we always set our plays yeah. at a different time period and really we usually different. set we usually focus on the 20th century because that's sort of 
where we know things. It's like, you know, grandparents, us. Mm -hmm. It's your (laughs) touchstone. It's it. It's a touchstone. So Tyler is directing it. Tyler's my husband. He's the executive artistic director. And he is setting it in, um, it's, it's a hard it's a hard concept to explain, and I'll attempt to do it right now. He's setting it in the 60s, but not just a date in the 60s. He's setting it in the decade of the 60s. Okay. It's loosely inspired by, and this is my inspiration. It wasn't his inspiration, by Mad Men, the fact that that mm-hmm. took a decade to tell that story. Um, and it was the most volatile, the most the most interesting, the most cultural shifting time in the U.S. And he wanted to sort of capture that within the idea of Midsummer, that you start off in a certain with a certain way of thinking that your oh. daughter needs to marry this girl, guy or you're going to kill her. <laughs> or, um, you know, people are getting married, but it's a marriage based on war. And then the end of it is sort of a celebration of the end of the 60s and what we've gone through. And obviously we we all know then historically it wasn't just 1970 happened and we sw- flipped a switch and civil rights were great and everyone yeah. was groovy <laughs> no it was i mean there's there's still more struggle happening obviously but the fact that the just the just the the i think what it is is it's the rigidness of the late 50s early 60s meets the the swingingness of the last part of sure. the decade and it's sort of like the play is that shift and he's telling that story i love that idea and so the fairies g- are more of the, the hippie type of, exactly, of generation right. okay, exactly and just to give you a total taste the uh, la- the other night he called me and he said can you research something while i'm at rehearsal and i said absolutely sure and he said i need to know um the most iconic uh paint on tattoos that Goldie Hawn wore in laughing. Oh, yes. And I was like, what's that yeah. for? And he's like, the fairies. And I'm yeah. like, okay. <laughs> so Sock it. Sock it to me. Sock it to me. So he, it, it's, it's more of a, it's, it's less of a, a concept that I can, that can, I can really articulate, but it's, it's more of a feeling when you see the show. Yeah. It'll, it'll start, it'll, it's, you know, and I, the, the easiest way I have to describe it is if you're at all familiar with Mad Men, it's that idea. It yeah. starts at the beginning of the decade, it ends at the end of the decade, and there's a lot of changes that take sure. place throughout it. And so it was an incredibly volatile decade. Exactly, anyway. yeah. yeah. And one of the things that we always try and tap into is that I feel like the last thirty years in international theater has been devoted to taking Shakespearean comedies and making them, bringing out the darkness of them. Mm-hmm. And some people are really into that and really interested in that. I feel like that ignores a large part of the joy and a large part of the beauty of the language that Shakespeare puts into the plays. So we have always been find all the joy all the time. Don't ignore any darkness that you have. But that'll come through anyway. That'll it, come it comes through, through anyway. It comes through his writing. His writing exactly. is made that way but, anyway. But make sure that if people feel the joy because the end of every Shakespeare comedy is a marriage and a celebration. Mm-hmm. So we need to feel that celebration. So that's that's been where he's at. Um, Tyler has, we've been doing a lot of the things that we do with the Shakespeare uh, comedy, which is uh, tons of live music. We're having, we're actually having uh, Kyle Gossett, who's a co- local composer and he works a lot with OKC Improv doing uh, music improv. Um, he's oh, writing yeah. brand new music. He actually, the last time we did Midsummer in 2011, he wrote new music for that. But he's writing all new music for this time and it's going to be performed live on stage. Um, Jeffrey Meek, who is the costumer for Lyric Theater and he works with us quite a bit, is doing the costumes for the show. And um, it's, I think it's just going to be a party that you attend. And that's that's sort of the feel that we want with the show. It's very romantic. It's very lovely. Um, it's sort of everything that we try and do and try and do best. 
Right. Um, when I was little, I had this memory today. When I was little, we went to see a lot of Shakespeare um, growing up. I grew up in Oregon, near the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Oh, wow. So we went there yeah. all the time. That was an and, outdoor, that there still is, an outdoor yeah. amphitheater type of, of seating. They right have there. like three or four different stages now, but when I was little, they had two. And they had, but we would always go to the outdoor one. Mm. It's the Elizabethan stage. And it's, it looks a little like the globe. It's it's more of a, it was before people did replicas of, of theaters. Yeah. So it's not exactly like what the globe is, but it, but it has that feel to it. And every time we'd see a comedy, it was, I couldn't describe it, but it was like seeing Wizard of Oz for a lot of kids. It was like magic and there's some scary parts and there's some darkness, but it's all about joy and relationship and language and love. And I think that's what I've been trying to capture um, in reduction and when we direct anything. Right. The The reason I, I am not speaking so in, intelligently about exactly what Tyler is doing is because this is a show, like you said, it's the show that most people have been, most people are introduced to first. It's, it's arguably the be. most if you're popular. you're going to be introduced to Shakespeare, it's this fun. should be the first Yeah, one it's so be. good. And um, Tyler and I, this is the one show ever that both Tyler and I have directed. I've been in it three times. He's been in it three times, I think three times, twice or three times. It's just the show that we've done the most. Sure. I mean, you know? I've done it twice. I've, I've, I've been in it, yeah. I've, I know I've been in it twice, and I know I've done other things with it as well. And yeah. I've written theses on it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the show we all know really well. Yeah. So for me to come in, he kept asking for my advice on a moment, and I gave it to him, and then he really reacted uh oddly and then I reacted oddly to his reaction <laughs> and I was like we can't talk about this because because we both know this and we're different directors we're way different direct we're and I think in the grand scheme of things we're very similar and we like to we like joy we like live music we like gender bending we like surprises we like 20th century settings but but other than that we're very different and so I didn't I was like I said it's like you're cooking and you asked me to like add something to the sauce but instead I just dumped my sauce on your sauce and now it's not good sauce right. <laughs> so yeah. you gotta you gotta not contaminate the sauce when you're direct oh well, yeah completely I, I, I understand that because everyone's gonna bring their own thing to exactly. it and you don't want to you don't want to spoil what the what the one director brings to him because uh -huh. yeah I mean I've got my idea of where I'd like Midsummer's to go as well I think mine would be a little bit too dark as well but I I think you know I, I you're right I think unfortunately it's again the what we've been doing with comic book movies how we're just trying to go so dark yeah. uh -huh. that you're actually losing the fun of exactly. what it's all about and Midsummer's uh, I think is it's just it's a fun and yeah there is darkness in there mm -hmm. but that's what it's all about. Uh, I mean that's what what's in there. That's what the writing is all about. But you don't have to. You don't have to. I guess you don't have to. It's for contrast. It's yeah. for yeah. season as yeah. opposed to being the point. Right. Yeah. And the the academic thing that always fascinates me about Midsummer is that if you're not familiar with the play, uh, it, it's uh, several different stories that all come together. Um, the stories of four lovers that are confused and they have confused <laughs> who they need yeah. to be with, yeah. <laughs> and that's hilarious. Um, there's a. Um, Oberon and Titania, Oberon, your, your Oberon. email thing, uh, which is uh, this sort of spiritual godlike battle sure. for the underground fairylands, which exists at night and all and these the beautiful things, the changeling and boy. Um, and then and there's the there's the the main story or or what they what they call the main story, which is the Duke Theseus's wedding day. This is his what the night before his wedding um, to Hippolyta, his princess. Uh, um, which Amazon. She, yeah, his Amazon his, his princess. Amazon. And she yeah. isn't she like 
Wonder Woman's mom mm-hmm. or something Hippolyta crazy is like Amazon's, that. Is <laughs> Wonder Woman's yeah. mom. Yeah. Queen of the yeah. Amazons. Sure. So tying build, it into builds, comic builds, books. Builds, builds yeah. Diana out of clay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, so it has that sort of Greek Greek aspect to the story. And then the story that a lot of people love, and, and it's one of my favorites too, which is the Mechanicals. The mechanicals. Uh, the mechanicals are the working class folk that have come together to rehearse a play that they're going to perform in honor of the Duke which I guess is the thing that's done. <laughs> and the funny part about it is is that they're not very good and they don't really know things. And there's one guy in the cast who thinks he knows everything. The, and, all, he is, and he is a good actor. Oh, let me play lion. <laughs> yes, let me play yeah. lion. I can which do is that. Nick Bottom. Nick Bottom. And the, the craziest thing about this is that in America, well, I think maybe throughout the world, but in America especially, we have grown to love the mechanicals. We love them. Mm-hmm. They are... Uh, they are in many ways the heart of the play. But in Shakespeare's time, a clown was someone you laughed at. And so a clown was someone that was, it, and it's very much what, and I just realized this the other day, it's very much what the British office was about and um, Curb Your Enthusiasm mm-hmm. was about. It's someone that you laugh at because they are have ridiculous qualities. And it's not someone you necessarily like. It's an unlikable- Or root for. Or yeah. root for. No, it's an right. unlikable yeah. clown. And so at the end of the play, there are all these lines that the court people yell at the players because the players aren't very good. And the problem is, is that the the American contemporary audience has grown to love these people. They just love them and think that they're fantastic. And so then to watch these, which, which in Shakespeare's time, the court people would be just adding to the noise from the people who are watching the play, the groundlings and otherwise, mm-hmm. who are also yelling bad things at the bad yeah. mechanical actors. So it's such a weird thing. I mean, it's a thing that I have been academically studying for years. Uh, um, a professor at the uh, UC Santa Barbara brought it to my attention, I think, in the the early 90s. And at first I thought he was crazy. I'm like, nobody cares. Everyone loves Midsummer. Just shut up. Let's do it. You know? <laughs> and then after a while, I got to thinking about it. I'm like, yes, it is a thing. Because it's the idea of what a clown, that it's the idea that Shakespeare also in Merchant of Venice made this villain yeah, and Shylock, who has the most compelling speech of all time. And so it's like he's, Shakespeare has just sort of like done this over and over again the idea of here's a villain but he's actually got a heart and a soul and you can identify with him and he's saying things that make sense and he's saying things that are um you know that you can that you can get on board with and then here's a clown that you're supposed to laugh at and throw radishes at because he's so bad or whatever but But, he actually is the heart of this entire play (laughs) well and my and my two the two nick bottoms that i've worked with Uh uh shane mcclure and john hawk Mm-hmm. Um, so they, I mean, talk about clowns that have yeah. heart. I mean, very, very. I've powerful. worked a lot with Doug Brown. I feel like every time I'm in and I'm, Midsummer, and seen, Doug Brown Doug's, is bottom. Doug's Midsummer <laughs> yeah. as well. Doug's, yeah. Doug's, Doug's Nick bottom as well. And wonderful. You know, that's. A th- I think it's these actors who also bring these. The, the, the bring them out. They're they're, yeah. they're no they're no longer just clowns. But I, I got to do play Aegeus in the in the Midsummers and basically sat there and got to yell at the mechanicals and I loved it. I had <laughs> so much fun screaming out things like, "Oh, he's a wall!" Now I understand <laughs> why has he got the you know. And so I, it's a lot of fun to be able to yell at it. But yeah, it takes these characters. It's the actors I think that make them 
more than just clowns. Mm-hmm. But Shakespeare also took female characters and gave them these incredible uh, exactly. Lady Macbeth, Portia from uh, uh, Merchant of Venice. Mm-hmm. These incredible scenes and then that if, typically women If they did weren't not able have. to talk enough, she, he just dressed them like a man and threw them out there and right. let them have great speeches like yeah. Rosalind or Portia or... Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course, at one time, it was men dressed as... At yeah. that time, it was men dressed as women who then dressed as men. So yeah. that got really confusing, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, those, I mean, it, there's a lot of times it's why I like Shakespeare. His characters are so three-dimensional. It's one of the reasons why I hate Shakespeare movies because typically they just reduce those characters to tropes again, mm-hmm. and that's not what Shakespeare is about. Mm-hmm. Watch Hamlet, uh, Mel Gibson's Hamlet is a prime example of taking these three-dimensional characters and squishing them back down into two-dimensional characters. Um, and I think if you do Midsummer's correctly, uh-huh. you've got these three-dimensional characters, all of them, uh, from, from the, the Duke all the way down to the Mechanicals, who are all three-dimensional Exactly. That's what you love about them. So by the time you get to the play within the play, you really care about those characters. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when they're getting kind of screamed at and yelled at by you, go, dude. These yeah. are good people who've worked their butts off to this try is, and put this my, play on. My professor from, from California, was he was really interested in producing a play where the mechanicals were uh, treated poorly and then reacted. He wanted to bring out the darkness of it. He yeah. wanted the, the darkness of what, what, what that treatment does to a person. And I was like, no, they're clowns, and the clowns are treated poorly, and they're okay about it because sure. they're clowns. Because, <laughs> because what and leave show business? Exactly. That should be the exactly. answer to everything. Yeah. What and leave show business? Because they're so. still performing in front of the yeah. Duke, yeah, which no one else gets to do. So I, and when the last time I directed it, I really tried to figure out what – what it what it was about the performances that were that was taking everybody down and and the, we found a happy medium and I can't intellectualize it and I wish I could the one thing that really helps was I had a I had a, a Hippolyta Titania in that particular production and her her Hippolyta most of the time when you do that double casting mm-hmm. um, it's very popular by the way yes. for those of you who don't know to double cast the two main lead male and female leads Oberon King of the Fairies with is, is double cast with Duke Theseus and Hippolyta. Uh, his wife-to-be is cast with the queen of the fairies, Titania. Anywho, um, this particular actress, her name is Holly McNatt, and she... Oh, I love Holly. Yeah, yeah. she's great. Um, she really took the time to to flesh out Hippolyta mm-hmm. and not just Titania and make them different and make them wonderful. And she found this really interesting thing because a lot of the things that are being yelled at are being yelled at by Hippolyta, which is weird because she's the only <laughs> women woman in court that says anything in that whole scene. And she really found that, that she right. she found the how the like like none other actor I've ever worked with in that role before. She found that Hippolyta was not understanding the play, so she was asking legitimate questions very loudly. <gasps> oh, wow. And then That's as something happens during moonshine, and she gets on board, and she goes shh, and she tells everyone to shut up, and she starts following the play, and then she starts telling the rest of the 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 court what's happening wow. because she's into it, and it's it was the most amazing thing I'd ever. So seen. it's not comical. She's not. She's actually She's wonder- actually going, What's going on? I don't get it. I don't understand it. What's happening? And then she finally goes, Oh, okay, everyone be quiet. Okay, this is what's going on. I understand it now. And so at the end of it, she's sort of the champion of the mechanicals. Oh my gosh. Even wow. though Lysander and Demetrius are still yelling out horrible things. <laughs> so it's wow. so it, it became this and I was like, I've never seen an actor do this. We we sort of I, I want to take credit as director, but she found that and brought it and I and then we just built upon it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is perfect. 
perfect. So that was sort of the, the medium. We also dealt on the fact that um, we had the mechanicals rehearsing in this very specific way out in the forest. And then when they got to the court, everything was in the round. So they had to change. That was part of the comedy was that they had every. It wasn't just that they didn't know what they were doing. Is that they were completely thrown off by their. It's new, like being in a proceeding. Exactly. It's in like a touring a show then, that yes. you're not terribly familiar with. And then, like showing up and the whole stage is way different. <laughs> you, you didn't understand it. So we played with that sort of idea because it went along with the lines so perfectly at every turn. That 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 sort of choice. So and that's the thing that we do at Reduction is that we don't just make arbitrary ideas of like oh this is great. Like, let's just, you know, they're all have pizzas for heads or whatever. I don't know. That would be a great show. But um, I was going to say, can we do that? <laughs> I can't do uh, that. I'll have food for heads. I feel like heads. that's not a random example. <laughs> I feel like we that's all had that off. idea. It was born from Spaceballs, from Pizza the Hut, and we all wanted to do it. Um, we, but we, all of our ideas are from the text, and, and we have to get it. And so Tyler and I, mm-hmm. I like, Tyler and I have a running contest of what, we are doing with the show that's based on the text right. only that we've never seen on stage before. So when I directed it last time, there's a moment where Bottom has all these beards and he always talks about, should I do it in a tawny beard? Should I do it in a dark beard or whatever? And I've never seen a production of Midsummer Night's Dream where he tr- actually wears any kind of beard at all. Mm-mm. So I had a, I had a, um, a guy who had a set of beards and he would bring them out and then he, everyone would try them on and w- they would try they would try on all the beards because I was like, it's in the text. I've never seen it happen. It's just a thing. And so Tyler's like, we're doing the tongs and the bones, which is something that Bottom also, Bottom is the heart of the play. Yeah. <laughs> so Bottom says later in the play, she says, what kind of music do you want to hear? And he goes, bring me the tongs right. and the bones. And, and he's like, historically, I researched what that is, what kind of music that would be in Shakespeare's times. And then we're updating it and making it 60s. <laughs> and I was like, I've what never the heard. Tongs and the, bones? Huh. the tongs and the bones, it's like, she wants to play like, uh, Titania wants to play like lullaby music for her new love or whatever. And she wants to play very beautiful music, but she asks what kind of music he wants. And he basically says, I want heavy metal. It's the, that equivalent. It's like, I've got Enya. Do you want to listen to Enya? No. Do you have any? Do, do you have Aqualong? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's that equivalent. So it, but it's, but it's less like that um, parallel. Uh, and it's more like just a lot of heavy percussion is right. what he's looking for. He's looking for like, like stomping music, I yeah. guess. So we found out what that would be historically and then made and it then, 60s. And then adapted it for the 60s. And I was like, I've never heard them actually play the tongs and the bones because he asks for it and then they just don't do it or whatever. No, well, then the fairies go dance. And, <laughs> or and, they just yeah, dance somewhere. Yeah. yeah, the fairies are always dancing somewhere. So. Like you do. Like you do. So what are the dates again for this? This is the 12th through the 27th, um, every Friday and Saturday. And then we do have some Thursday nights and some Sunday matinees performances. We have a final, um, our final Saturday the 27th has two performances on that day at two o'clock and at eight o'clock and our tickets are uh between uh $15 and $35 and I would encourage everybody if you can go to reductiontheater.com you can learn a little bit about that because if you're you know if you're looking to go all out on a Friday and Saturday night with your wife or girlfriend go Friday and Saturday night if you're looking to save some money but you really still want to see this play check out one of our Thursday night performances all shows are $20 those nights if you're a student with a student ID we've got some student rush opportunities you can read about that on our website for $15 so basically we wanted we wanted to make this show accessible for everybody um, because it's um, going out to the theater is 
it's not cheap. It's no. not, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not cheap. But it's cheap. an experience exactly. that you, you don't get So we wanted else. it That's... to be, we wanted students to be able to come. We wanted teenagers to be able to come. I mean, every time we do Midsummer, like we're flooded with teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it appeals to them. I think sure. it's because they want to, they've been told they have to learn about Shakespeare. They're sick of reading Romeo and Juliet. And they're like, oh, amen. and they're like, I'll see Midsummer. And we got feedback the last time we did it. We did it for a bunch of, uh, we did a tour with a bunch of middle schoolers and then some kids as, as young as fourth and fifth grade. And kids were going absolutely nuts for it. Um, they they were like, we were getting feedback from their teachers. They're like, we didn't know it was a comedy when we were reading it in the class. Oh. And I'm like, that is the saddest thing is the ever. Saddest. Yeah, you're lo- you've lost it completely. Exactly. But when they saw it, they were like, oh my This is gosh. hilarious. And yes. this one teacher actually wrote down they, the, all the kids saw it on like the Saturday night performance, which we thought was odd for it to bring a fifth grade class, but they did. <laughs> and then on Monday, they all came in and it was like, it was still with them so much that when they came in at like 8.30 or whatever in the morning, they were like screaming about stuff and they were reenacting things. And I was like, that's the biggest compliment I have ever gotten, ever, hands down. Yeah, I love, that's what I love Shakespeare is when you show it to kids and they kind of get it. Get I, we it. did uh, Macbeth back in like the 90s and had kids there and when uh Macbeth of course we we heard that you know Macbeth can't be killed by a, mm-hmm. a anyone born of woman something like that and and Macduff says untimely was, ripped was from from my from his mother's womb untimely ripped and we were had a whole bunch of kids who were coming in from high school and all of a sudden the entire crowd everybody knows this okay mm-hmm. so but they didn't cuz yeah. they're kids and they all the entire crowd went <gasps> And I heard that, and I just, I mean, chills. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a crowd that doesn't get this. They've yeah. never seen it before, so it's amazing. And so when you've got kids that come in and Was laughing. that the 1995 Macbeth yeah. that everybody yeah. talks about? The Stage Center. Yeah. Do you know that the I know, 90... I the Stage Center. The, I know. The 95 Macbeth uh, for a long time, and I don't know this. I'll have to check with, like, Catherine or maybe Sue would remember or something. But 95 Macbeth had, like, the biggest crowds on record for, for the outdoor shows ever at OSP until the 2004 midsummer that wow. I was in. And I have never seen so many people in the park ever in my life. That was, this is back when it was at Hafer Park in Edmond. Yeah. I, but helped, I, was I helped like, build that stage. Yeah. I know. I know. And it burned down. I know. It was, <laughs> what a story. I, I hate that. But, but yeah, I was just like, and every, and, and they were like, somebody else was in the show with us who had been in the 95 Macbeth. And like, this was what it was like every night. And I was like. I was there. I saw, well, I mean, I, I was uh, in the, I was in the uh, stage center version in the winter uh-huh. and then I couldn't do it for the summer, but I did go see several of the, several of the performances uh-huh. of that because it was great just to see it over and over again. Macbeth's a great show. It's, uh-huh. it's wonderful. But, it's, it's, it's but, but trying to, that's what I was going to say. I was trying to find the comedy or the darkness in a com- Shakespeare comedy uh-huh. with, there are funny moments in Romeo and Juliet and Macbeth. Yeah. That'd be like just trying to find the comedy in one of his tragedies. It wouldn't work. It it just, I mean, there are funny moments. And you should allow for those funny moments, especially exactly. Romeo and Juliet, and you know, because they allow for exactly the tragedy to happen. But if you were just to focus on that, it wouldn't be, you know, if Macbeth were a clown the entire time, it just wouldn't. Slapstick Romeo and Juliet dare. There you go. <laughs> no, here's my. I dare. actually think it's. I think I think Romeo and Juliet is the exception to that idea because I do agree with you on that, Michael. But I feel like it's. Um, Romeo and Juliet is the because it's it's teen courtship and people never mm. bring out the comedy in that. Amen. They bring out there's like two really obvious jokes that they sometimes can hit, but they never bring out the fact that these are like idiots yeah. <laughs> in love. <laughs> that they're idiots. They uh, well, just except spoke. for Mavolio uh, could does kind of basically say you're a you're a you're a dumbass. Yeah, you know, yeah. basically yeah. To, to Romeo. It's not not just not about Juliet, of course, because he didn't know about that, but because uh. of Rosamond. Ro- 
Rosalind. 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 Yeah. You know, so. There's actually a, a, a short comic adaptation called Dirtbag Romeo and Juliet. And they're, <laughs> and they're I went teenage hipsters. It's uh-huh. super. And it is. Thank you. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I sent it out to everybody. Devin and I was like, yep, that's Because great. it's true. Where, what is, is it? Is it on? I found it on Metafilter, which okay. is one of my favorite websites. I'll send it to you. Please. Um, yeah. But it's just it. a brief kind of adaptation. Uh-huh. And the funny thing about it is it is still the play. Like, yes. it, it isn't a, a detra- it's not detracting. Uh-huh. It's highlighting the fact that, yeah, they're idiots. They're yeah. idiot teenagers. And no one ever that sounds about amazing. that it's, it's really really like she writes off on the back of his moped and is like sick and, like, she's, like, <laughs> and he's like let's run away and like it, it's just idiot it's teenagers that, being it's, in love it's that and i heard and I, this is the weirdest source for this but i heard sylvester stallone once describe the most powerful love you can experience uh, is the love that happens when you're like in middle school yeah. and you're just like your face is in a pillow and it's like you're experiencing like the the idea of romance for the first time and I feel like that's Romeo and Juliet yeah. Amen. and I'm yeah. like let's talk is. about that business mm-hmm. <laughs> no I I, to- I think yes I think it generally gets missed I think people yeah. try to make it an adult yeah love story they try to make they it this they don't focus the greatest on. love story ever told yeah, they don't yeah focus and on I'm the like trans that's not it's this and we all know and I'm Hello. holding I'm holding pride up Pride and Prejudice, and prejudice for those of you who are at home so, so. Here's, here's here's my challenge I think you should have a mashup of Jane Austen and Midsummer Night's Dream and call it Pride and Prejudice and Fairies there we go oh that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely perfect See, like Michael's go. really excited. I'm, right? I'm really excited about that. Idea. <laughs> if you need any help with that, you and Tyler give me a call, and we'll work on that. We'll one. do that. Yeah. Um, go see it. Uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, the 13th That's through right. the 27th. It's the 12th, actually. The 12th through the 13th, because yeah, it's that Thursday. Yes. So no, no, it's fr- it's Friday the 12th. Through the through the 27th. I'm really confused, you Michael. No, it's, okay. <laughs> it's February 12th through the 27th, and go to reductiontheater.com, and we have all the dates. Every showtime is there, plus the breakdown of, of how our ticket prices work, so you can get the most uh, the most appropriate ticket price for what you want to do. And um, there's some really great pictures online. We did some promo photography uh, with. The, the guy who actually plays Oberon Theseus in our show is a photographer. And he said, I can do this at my studio. And we're like, sure. Oh. And he came up with the most gorgeous art I have ever seen. I will agree with that. Because my postcard, the postcard that I got in the mail, I was like, this is so amazing. It has the girl just sitting. Yeah, That's actually, oh that was mine. God. Was that yours? It's yes. Fantastic. Thank I you. Absolutely I'm glad that you like it so much. <laughs> that, that's I have mine. it. Um, I have a lot of uh, wall art because... Because I love art. Mm-hmm. And so it is the postcard's actually in a picture frame now. And it's on my wall. I just want a bigger one to go with my OKC. You just reminded poster. me, Nikki. I totally forgot your poster, but I will bring it to you at a different time. And I'm so sorry. Oh, it's totally fine. We've, go. It's going on my We've wall. hung a lot of them. But anyway, so uh, in addition to that poster, which I'm so glad you love, because I do love that image a lot, um, David. Uh, David uh, Briquet, who's our who's our Oberon Theseus, also did some beautiful. It's like a it's like a meditation on Titania and Oberon. It's fantastic, and some of that artwork is at our as our mm. website too. It's really good. It's something special. It's something that I didn't expect, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> like where's it? It's just like a it, you do this like production, and art explodes from it. You have people coming out of the woodwork who are like dancers and painters and. 
and yeah. musicians and 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 composers and all sorts of different things. And I love that about collaborative theater. I think and, it's great. And you guys are performing in the free free little theater? We're actually performing in City Space, which is the oh, wow. very okay. intimate space in the basement. And I love that. I don't that. think I've seen any show in City Space. That'll be fun. I haven't seen it. I don't think I've seen You will love it. It is so fun and intimate. It's a thrust space. It seats about eighty to ninety. It is remarkable to see a show in there. You are in the show. So You're it's your, it's, it's almost like well like like the old, the old reduction and also mm-hmm. like yeah. uh, jewel box so it's like real close exactly. up on the stage I yeah love yeah that. yeah but it's it's that whole idea it's just fantastic oh fantastic yeah I'll, I'll it's look to it's that. good 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 times in there we love that space in, in the civic center and where can we find you on the on the web um, you can find reduction theater at reduction theater is Instagram is uh, uh, Twitter. Um, I'm sure Pinterest, other things like that out there. Um, ReductionTheater.com is our website, which has a lot of our information on it about upcoming things, including our educational series for spring and summer for little kids, which is going to be fantastic. Um, And you can find me personally, Erin Woods, uh, at Shakespeare underscore OKC. And that's on Twitter. And I also have a blog called Smart Girl Dumb Show. (laughs) <laughs> which is a little bit about my life outside of theater. Yeah, check that one out. And we, of course, you can find us on Twitter at uh, LK Geek Podcast, Twitter and Facebook and Gmail. And you can find us SoundCloud and Stitcher. Devin, where can people find you on the web? You can find me on Twitter at Whiskey Unicorn Victor Victor Alpha. Nikki. That is the most confusing way you could possibly have done that. It's if people well, are that. actually looking at Whiskey Unicorn Victor Victor Alpha. Which I might change my Twitter. Now I, I can't know. tweet at um. her because that's all 140 characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the point. Yeah. <laughs> I am at Retro Robinson, and I also run the Facebook page. Josh. And I'm at Joshua Unruh on Twitter. All right. And I'm at KOSU Michael C. Now having the handle with Oberon Kenobi. That's right. Yay. That. You're my only I, hope. Yes. Yay. Uh, be sure and subscribe to the podcast. Also rate us and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Aaron Woods, I'm Michael Cross. I'm Devin Green. I'm Nikki Robinson. And I'm Josh Unruh. Reminding you to keep calm and geek on. Geek on.